1: recognize that when you when you take a price increase to a customer, if it's a really small price increase relative to what they're spending, they're gonna be a lot more likely just to accept it and move on. So let's just say they're spending, you know, spending $10,000 a month with you and you raise their prices by $100 a month, they're probably gonna go, that's reasonable, and they'll move on. But if it was $1,000 a month, say 10% of their spend, there's gonna be a lot more scrutiny. So you want to understand what the, what you're dealing with from a relative standpoint. So in my case, a 25% increase on my spend was huge. Also understanding that relative is the size of the business. You're dealing with a small business owner, a little bit of price increase can be a big deal for them. Whereas you're dealing with a really big company, it may not be that big a big of amount. So you need to understand that, that amount. Also understanding that when, people see that they're getting value from you. Now, this is pure psychology, and I've got the, the, the citations for this in the in the, uh, the book, but when they feel like they're getting value, they're much more likely to accept the price increase. And acceptance is what we're looking for, right? We want them to accept the price increase without reducing their orders or reducing or, or reducing us, right? Lose, leaving us. So it helps to understand what you're dealing with.
2: Hi, friends. Welcome to the Sales Enablement Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Paul. That was Jeb Blount. Jeb is a multiple best-selling author and CEO of Sales Gravy. And in our conversation today, we're talking about Jeb's latest book, Selling the Price Increase, the ultimate B2B field guide for raising prices without losing customers. Now, you have to admit, it's a timely release, given what's happening in the larger economy with inflation and so on. I mean, sellers who have been in sales less than, let's say, 10 to 12 years probably have never really experienced inflation or difficult economic times like it appears we're heading into. So, given all that is going on, you can see how customers could be (laughs) experiencing some trepidation about vendors raising their prices. So, we dive into why it's so stressful for sellers to approach a customer with a price increase and what they, what you, can do about it. We also dig into how you should invest in the customer relationship before asking for the price increase. What should you be doing? And we explore what the biggest mistakes are that sellers make when approaching customers about price increases. So we get into all this and much, much more. But before we get to Jeb, I want to remind you to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. I also want to remind you to check out my latest book, Sell Without Selling Out. It's a modern, human-centric framework for increasing your win rates and shortening decision cycles without using the salesy behaviors that buyers hate. It's available everywhere you shop for books, online, and in stores. Okay, let's jump into it with Jeb. Jeb, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Andy. It's good to be back. As I knocked my microphone off my desk. (laughs) So, uh, you know, if there's someone who's been living under a rock in the sales world in the last you know, 10, 15 years, uh, tell us who you are and what you do.
1: My name is Jeb Blunt. I'm the CEO and founder of a sales training company called Sales Gravy and the author of 14 books, including my brand new book, 14, yes, including my brand new book, Selling the Price Increase.
2: And I, you know, I say this every time. You come on the show, but you make me feel incredibly lazy because <laughs> 14 books, <laughs> I've written three and I thought, wow, that's a lot, but
1: 14, 14. Yeah. Number 15 is locked and loaded. And I've got two months set aside this summer to write it and find a new wife. Cause when, uh, uh somebody at a party recently asked my wife if, if she was excited about, uh, my, my new book. And she said, um, she was excited about me finding a new wife. <laughs>
2: Uh, That's, yeah, Uh, you are amazing. So, uh, yeah, kudos to that. And we're going to talk about the new book, Selling the Price Increase, which, yeah, seemed like you have a crystal ball or something because, you know, you wrote this before really the concerns about an upcoming recession or stagflation or whatever we're going to run into sort of became to the fore. So what was in your mind when you thought, okay, got to write about Selling the Price Increase?
1: It it kind of started because I was, you know, we, we I wrote a book called Fanatical Prospecting that yep. you have to be living under a rock if you haven't heard of that book. So it's you know, great book, global uh, success, and so we do a lot of Fanatical Prospecting boot camps. It's a staple. It, it sells gravy, and I've been teaching several groups over the course of the fall, and I always start that course off by asking people to. go into a breakout and come back and just tell me your biggest challenges with prospecting. Mm -hmm. And it helps me learn about the group of people, what they're dealing with and shape the course around their particular issues. And I kept having one class after another, come back to me and say, well, my biggest issue is price increases. And I'd step back and go, well, we're talking about cold calling here. And they were going, well, price increases are worse than cold calling. So what was happening is their companies were sending them out to get price increases. And it was, in mass. Like, so it's not just typically your account executives or account managers. These were even SDRs that were being asked to go talk to customers about price increases or defend a price increase. Talking For example, to talking to you existing know, customers. Yeah. Ex- so talk to existing customers. Because this is what this is about. I mean price yeah, increase too. So I just noticed this and I noticed in our strategic selling courses, you know, and we don't call them strategic selling, but our you know, our large account right. strategic courses with with enterprise type accounts. Um, with, uh, you know, with our business outcome selling with sales EQ, but we were getting this and and my trainers were getting it a lot too. And people were, the, the salespeople, typically younger salespeople, but they were genuine, genuinely distressed over it. And they were getting their head knocked, knocked, heads knocked in. They would go out and talk to customers and customer would say, I'm not paying it or give them a bunch of, you know, rejection and objections. So I just noticed it was happening. So Mm -hmm. So just long story short, one of our customers, because they overheard me in one of their classes, doing almost a workshop on – teaching their salespeople how to sell the price increase said, Hey, we got 700 more salespeople. We need them to teach this. Can you build the course for us? Mm-hmm. So I said, sure. I mean, I, have been doing price increases my whole life. I've taught tons of people, this, right. uh, you know, the skill, but I've done it more in workshop versus an entire course. So I started working on building out the course and this was right before Christmas of this year. And it was on a Saturday and just the way my mind works. I'm like, I'm going to build the course. I might just write the book. Right. So I said, screw it. I'll write the book. So I called up New York city where my publisher is and said, Hey, I got this idea. I got clients who are ordering the course. Why don't we go ahead and build the book? And they said, sounds like a good idea. Sent me a contract, built the book cover and off to the races we went. So, um, I'd, I'd hope that we would launch a couple of months earlier, but supply chain, chain issues with printing have caused yeah. us to, to get a little bit behind on getting it out earlier. But that's how I that's how I ended up writing the book. It was just I could see demand building. And it wasn't like for me, Andy, that, that like this was something new in 1994. I was sitting in a conference room with a bunch of other salespeople and my boss walked into the room with a stack of green bars. You remember those that came out of computer dot matrix printers Mm -hmm. and said, handed each of us a stack of green bars and says, this is all your accounts. I need a 6% net increase on all these accounts by the end of the month. (laughs) Go." And I remember being horrified, like absolutely right. horrified. Right. Thinking I'm going to quit my job. This is going to be the worst thing anybody's ever asked me to do. Is to go out to all these customers who have relationships and you know tell them they're getting a price increase. You know, by the way, I've got to pick the ones that are going to get the price increase because mm-hmm. it wasn't going to be everybody. It was going to be a net. Right. So um that was my very first experience and i've had to get price increases my entire life whether it's my existing accounts i mean even today running a company sometimes we sell a deal to get the deal at a lower mm-hmm. price than sure. than you know than, than is profitable so down right. the road we need to optimize that right. as when i you know working in a national accounts we're in regional accounts working in small accounts where we had a contract contract renewal time time to get a price increase time to get you know to to bring some property uh, profit into it so right. that's always been there but right now, probably more than any time in the past, say, 10 years, salespeople across the board are being faced with, we have to get a price increase or we're in trouble. And in some cases, there are companies that don't really need a price increase, but they recognize that this is a really good time to pull some profit into the bottom line with a price increase.
2: Yeah, and also you sort of have uh, cover a little bit these days. From competitive yeah, you got cover to do it.
1: Because everybody's doing it, right? Yeah, so, so we, you're not, it's the virtuous it's the virtuous cycle that drives right. inflation, right? So, right. <laughs> right, you're not in the swimming pool by yourself. So, um,
2: yeah, you sort of think about it from the seller's perspective, especially those who have been in sales less than a dozen years. To your point, Anybody that sort of started like 2010 and after, sort of on the backside of the 2008 collapse. They've experienced almost nothing but smooth sailing yeah. <laughs> in 12 years, and. Uh, uh, you know, if they think this is the way life is, yeah, they're gonna be in for a uh, a surprise, a rude awakening. Yeah.
1: So, if, you know, up until this point, it's primarily been, you know, account managers on a targeted basis going out and getting price increases, right. and we address that in the book. This is this is a timeless book. It is not written for we're this in this yeah. particular economy. Yeah. So, but and I've been in that situation, a contract's renewed, renew, you know, coming up for renewal. I got to go sit down in front of my customer and I feel like I'm going to lose the customer if I raise the price. So you're pushing back internally, but, but as a, but as a whole, you haven't had this many salespeople at, at this time being impacted, uh, by price increases. We've had, uh, we just had a, a, a global manufacturer with a thousand salespeople yesterday that signed us to teach selling the price increase of their entire sales force across the globe. And because every single one of their salespeople at some level or another has got to have a conversation with their customers about price increases and yeah. they're, and they're terrified of those conversations.
2: Yeah. Cause they haven't had to have them in, like I said in forever. I mean, you think about it If somebody's in there, I might mean, just contrast it with my own career. You know, I started, selling when interest rates were you know 17 eighteen percent uh, um, or inflation rate was at 17 eighteen percent interest rates were higher my first mortgage was at thirteen and a half percent and went through sold through several recessions but now we've had this long period and and we've had this you know, great growth in the number of sellers out there I've never had to experience it so I think that's it's a great lesson for them so You say in the book that resentment and contempt are the gangrene of customer relationships. I like that vivid image of a limb turning black. So you're talking to referring to the resentment caused by price increases, but you know, is it is it resentment um, if
1: everybody else is sort of facing it? Or what's tell us what's behind sort of the resentment and contempt? Well, not necessarily because you gave them the price increase, but more how you approach the price increase. Got it. So. Well, a quick story I tell in the book, but I've got a large software company that I do business with. They're important to my organization. Mm-hmm. And I had an account manager there that I really liked. And a good person did a great job for us, always looking out for us and always working to help us be be better. Mm-hmm. And I've got uh, several account managers like that that I love working with because if I if I bring them something, they go try to figure out how we can work it out. Right. This, this account manager was so good they got promoted. This was in March, gets Mm -hmm. promoted. And apparently we have a new account manager. We don't hear anything from her. Month goes by, another month goes by, another month goes by. Haven't heard heard from her. Mid-August, we're having an issue with an API problem. And so send a note to her and say, I heard you're my account manager. I'm having this problem. Can you help me? I'm not able to resolve this. She doesn't call, doesn't write me back she forwards my email to someone else in the organization without having a conversation with me. Gotta love it. Yeah. We finally get it fixed. Still don't hear anything from her early November. I get a, a note, an email. Hey Jeb, I'm your new account manager. I'd like to get together, meet with you, say hello. I'm miffed, but okay, that's cool. Let's meet. Right. So we get together on the phone and she says, you know, a bunch of things. I'm Sorry, I couldn't get with you earlier, busy with my other clients, trying to figure something out, whatever the case may be, with the things that people say. Right. And then it gets really terse is probably the best way of saying it. And it's terse because she's about to deliver really bad news. And she knows that, like, what's coming next is a two-by-four to the forehead. She levels me, like, totally levels me with a 25% price increase for the largest software spend that I have. And it's going into effect in less than a month. And by the way, this is a software that I use to service my own clients. So right. it's, it's, and I'm not in a situation where I can easily within a month pass this on to my clients. So you're talking about a 25% hit to my bottom line out of nowhere. I don't even know you. I have no relationship with you. Well, you've ignored me for
2: three to four months. Yes,
1: that created resentment. Right. And and the problem with that is that when you feel resentment at that level, it it causes you to want to get even,
0: yeah. and
1: con- and and resentment unchecked turns into contempt. Contempt is when it's un- the relationship is unsavable. I find everything about you to be irritating, to be repulsive. So what I did was, I went on a campaign. I found the chairman of the board of this company. Mm-hmm. And I harassed the chairman of the board until they had a conversation with me. And I talked to their CEO and I talked to everybody there. Right. And in the meantime, to get revenge, I'm calling their their arch competitor and I'm explaining what happened and I'm working on a transition plan. Right. Now, the thing is, is when you work with a piece of software that that's that that's that big and that integrated in your workflows, unwinding that's a mess. Like the last thing I want to do is change software vendors in the middle of November, getting ready for the holiday season, not right. something I want to do. Right. It'll turn our lives upside down. But I felt that much resentment for being treated that way. Cause it was completely and utterly disrespectful for the very first conversation I have with this person to be, you're getting a price increase, this Is how much it is apropos of nothing. Like mm. what have you done for me lately? Kind of thing. Right. So, right. right. Yeah. So finally, uh, you know, I, I, people talked to me, we're really sorry, but finally I said, I'm leaving. I got a path out of here. I'm going. And at that point, panic ensued. Like they, you know, I'm getting, I'm getting the phone calls from people. Please don't leave us. And I ended up with a 20% reduction in my price. So if you think about that, they dropped 20% off of Mm -hmm. their bottom line to save me as a customer under one condition she never, ever, ever touches my account again, ever. I don't ever want to talk to her, see her face, keep her away from us. And, and that was contempt. I don't ever want this human being anywhere near me. Because the way that she approached it turned me against that company. And it's still, we're, we're almost recovered. Like they got me new people, we're working together. So we're almost, that's been two years, almost recovered. But mm-hmm. I'm still like, you know, my antennas are constantly up. Like that's not the relationship you want to have with your customer. No. So the other thing that will cause resentment and contempt, and th- I find this with a lot of younger salespeople, especially in this environment. So I've got a client, for example, they've got a service that they provide their customers. The service they provide their customers, they're, they're the only company In the space that has the capacity to provide the service and this include this is there's there's physical equipment that's involved in this so but they're it because their competitors don't have the ability to service the client so the client literally has no place to go their their customers need this service in order to service their customers in order to grow without it they have they don't have the ability to pick up the growth opportunities because there are growth opportunities in the environment so when, when those, they're, they have short-term agreements. So the agreements are, you know, six months to a year, but when those agreements are up, then the guaranteed pricing is gone. So the company is directing the salespeople to go in and get a price increase because, because they can, and this is pure economics, supply and demand. There's more demand than supply so they can raise their rates. This, this would, this would be the case whether there was inflation or not inflation. Yep. Yep. So, so what happens is the salespeople, because they don't want to have the uncomfortable conversation, they procrastinate. Just like you and I do. Like anything that you don't want to do, you procrastinate on. So they wait to the last minute until now the, the contract's up and their boss is on them saying, I need these rates raised. So right. they go in and they spring it on typically small to medium-sized business owners. Hey, your rates are going up. The business owner's life crashes before their eyes. Not much different than my account manager coming to me, you know, in, but not having talked to me in a while. So she did two things, right? Waited to the last minute and I don't know who she is. That's well, because I they think but, they're taking away your maneuvering room, right? Yeah, so they – exactly. So they just drop it in their laps, not because they didn't know, because they knew way ahead, because they didn't want to have the conversation. So, you know, the, the business owner gets mad. They scream, they yell, they get ugly and it's not like the business owner has anywhere to go like i you know i'm looking at the account managers i'm going why did you wait they don't have anywhere else to go well you know and sometimes the account manager because i was afraid they might leave me for whom Mm -hmm. they their only choice is to leave you as a customer and you've got so much demand that you can take the capacity that you have servicing this customer go someplace else so you didn't treat them like a human being you didn't treat them like you would want to be treated I, they're going to get mad whether you go in or not, but they're going to get a lot madder when you give them two days to make a decision, whether or not to stay with you. So mm-hmm. that's the other way. The other way is just taking people for granted. You didn't even earn the price increase. So you're the, you're the, the salesperson and you never see your customer. You never go talk to them. You never go work with them. You right. haven't, you you know, when you show up to, with a price increase, their first question is, what have you done for me lately? So those, you know, those issues for the, for the customer can create resentment um, and at times contempt. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't save yourself. That doesn't mean that there aren't situations, especially if you're a new sales, you know, say you're a new account manager. I've never met you before, Andy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just happened to become your new account manager exactly the wrong time because I, I need to talk to you about a price increase. Right. But what I could do is call you immediately and say, hey, Andy, I'm your new, a new account manager. Hey, I'd like to do account review with you. I could right. I could I could try to solve a couple of problems for you. I could meet you a couple of times, then I could talk to you about the price increase. It's still like close, but at least I made an effort to build some sort of a relationship before I dropped it in your lap. So for the salesperson, what you want to recognize is that the price increase matters. It matters greatly. And, and just, just to put this in context, you get 1% price increase. You get a 400% higher return on that 1% investment to your, prop, your bottom line than you do for something new you sold. So the price increase has got a massive impact to your bottom line. But it doesn't have an impact if you lose the customer while you're getting the price increase. So if you, if you do things that generate resentment and contempt because you were a bad salesperson, a bad account manager, a bad human being in some cases, right. then you lose the customer, lose the orders. And like me, I, the last thing I want to do is change software vendors, but you create enough resentment in me that I want to get revenge. I will find a way. I'll find a way out, right?
2: I think Oregon did a study a couple years ago or a few years ago where they said it only took at most like two incidents like this for people to change, yes. switch
1: to churn. Exactly, yeah. I'm about out of battery. Hold on a second. For the audience that's looking, this is for real. <laughs> it's real it's time <laughs> No, that's no problem. Yeah, so, um, so, uh, so, so yeah, it takes a couple of instances like that, and you and you're turned off. So nobody wants a price increase. Nobody wants to buy a price increase. Nobody wants to sell one. Right. You're not gonna walk into your customer, they're gonna go, oh my God, Andy, thank Give you so much increase. for the price yeah. increase. Yeah. And they're sure not gonna call you up and go, you know, Andy, you've been doing a really good job. I think I should get a price increase. So they're not going to be happy about it. But being unhappy is different than being angry, being yeah. resentful, feeling contempt because of the way that you approach them with the price increase.
2: All right. So let's start digging into what's the right way that sellers should be going about you know, preparing for this
1: conversation. Yes. Then we'll get into the conversation itself. So a couple of things. First of all, recognize that when you when you take a price increase to a customer – if it's a really small price increase relative to what they're spending, they're going to be a lot more likely just to accept it and move on. So mm-hmm. let's just say they're spending you know, spending $10,000 a month with you and you raise their prices by $100 a month. They're probably going to go, that's reasonable, and they'll right. move on. Right. But if it was $1,000 a month, say 10% of their spend, there's going to be a lot more scrutiny. So mm-hmm. you want to understand what the, what you're dealing with from a relative standpoint. So in my case, a 25% increase on my spend was huge. Also understanding that relative is the size of the business. You're dealing with a small business owner, a little bit of price increase can be a big deal for them, whereas you're dealing with a really big company, it may not be that big amount, a big of amount. So you need to understand that that amount. Also, understanding that when people see that they're getting value from you, now this is pure psychology, and I've got the the, the citations for this in the in the uh, the book. But when they feel like they're getting value, they're much more likely to accept the price increase. And acceptance right. is what we're looking for, right? We want them to accept the price increase without reducing their orders. Or reducing, or reducing us, right? Lose, leaving us. So it helps to understand what you're dealing with. Yeah, and I think that's such a critical point. Let's is is focus on that word understanding, right? Because I would say it's one that I
2: talk about in my new book, is, yeah, understand what this is relative to the customer, what the impact of this is relative to the customer. But even before that is you have to understand what value they're getting from your product right today. Exactly. I mean, if you're not prepared with that, you don't even be, have the beginnings of a plan or a strategy to have the conversation.
1: Which is going to be super important when you're dealing with a high-risk account. So when you're yep. larger accounts, where there's a lot of revenue at stake, and you're they have more alternatives than you, and you right. need to build your business case for why you deserve the price increase. So that right. value proposition is going to matter greatly. And by the way, there's three types of value. There's present value, there's um, there's past value, and there's future value. Right. And so some of the narratives that you're going to use may be a combination of those things, but um, but being able to explain that, so you need to know that first. The second thing is understanding that people don't like change, and that's just human. It's sure. it's uh, it's in our it's in our nature. You know, Daniel Kahneman, you know, talked about how human beings that reduced uh, you know the, the 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 probability of getting of getting change were much more likely to pass on their genes. Change is risky, mm-hmm. so when you bring change to someone. It, it causes them to feel fear. So part of what you want to do is you want to set the table. So, so being in your accounts and taking care of your accounts matters. Uh, in some cases, you need to set the stage by talking about it. Like I, I've got an account, I've got a, a, a vendor whose account manager came to me in March and said, you know, Jeb, I'm not saying this is going to happen, but we're probably going to end up raising our rates when your contract renews in October. Mm-hmm. And, um, but let's let maybe sit down this summer. We can take a look at all your spend and see if there's some ways that we might be able to mitigate that. Mm-hmm. Like that was a really smart thing to do. Right. Cause as soon as you said it, my first thought was, I'm not paying your price increase. I mean, yes. I'm a human being. Right.
0: And then just, after a
1: while I'm like, okay, I get it. You know, but then I started looking at the account. Are there some things that we could change or maybe there's some more th- other things that I could buy from them that I'm not buying now. Sure that if i got rid of these things maybe i could all also... sit. so i started negotiating for this person on what the price increase is going to be but it's setting the stage and i use a, a an analogy in the book about my wife who is a person who really has struggles with change and when i say change like i like, for example i know from being married for almost 30 years to her that i want to go on a trip mm-hmm. if i said to her hey tomorrow um, we're going to take off. I'm, I'm flying you first class to Bermuda and we're going to stay at the Ritz Carlton and you're going to be in the spa for the next three days and we're going to eat the finest foods and you're going to have the best three days of your life. She would go, mm, I can't go dogs, horses farm, uh, mm. the house. Who's going to do this? What we, she, we would never leave. She wouldn't go. Right. But I, I took her to Europe on a four week vacation 16 months out, I started talking about it <laughs> and I set the stage, set the stage, set the stage and you know she's, <laughs> yeah, she slowly moved into it. So, you know, if you're having conversation with your customers about, Hey, did you see what happened to the gas pump this morning? It just went up again. Bacon's up 45%. You know, we've, one of the things that like I'll do is I say, you know, we haven't raised our, our rates uh, on your account in 10 years, same mm-hmm. rates forever. Uh, most of our new customers, you know, they come in at much higher rates than you are. Uh, but we've been holding this for a long time. I don't know whether or not we're going to be able to continue to do this based on the demand that we're getting, Uh, but I I just want to let you know how much we appreciate your business. Mm -hmm. So you get them thinking about it. There's all kinds of different ways, but you want to start setting the stage early. Just don't spring it on people. That's the dumbest thing in the world to do because if you get pushback, for example, you're in a situation where my young salespeople where their customers have no choice Mm -hmm. and they get pushback one of the one of the strategies that works very, very well is just give them some space. Right. So the customer says, screw you, Andy, I'm not paying that. That's not fair. The rep, what we teach them to do, says, totally get where you're coming from, Andy. This is a lot. And I know this is an impact on your business. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, I'm not going to do anything to your rates for the next 30 days. And just to give you some time to go out and look at your other options, and, and because there may be something out there that's going to be less expensive for you. So right. the salesperson is clearly signaling, I'm not backing down, right. but I'm, I'm here with you. Like, I'm going to give you some space. So they give them a little bit of space, just like me or you. So when someone springs change on you and especially change you don't want, you get mad about it. Well, especially
2: then, a deadline that that makes yeah. make the decision hard. Yes, exactly.
1: Right. So, but then they walk away and the customer goes out and looks around and goes, you know what? I don't really have any choices. And, you know, they're, it's probably right. You know, they're, it's it's this much everywhere else. They do a little bit of research. And then the salesperson goes back and says, hey, what's your decision? What do you want to do? And they almost always say, just raise my rates. And then what most of the salespeople are finding, at least 50% of the time, they buy more. They mm-hmm. order more. Mm-hmm. But, but if you if you waited to the last minute, if you didn't give them that time and space, you wouldn't have that that strategy or that tactic in your back pocket that you could work with. So part of it's setting the stage. Now the second part is understanding your risk. So if you think about it, there are two types of price increases. There are non-negotiable price increases, sometimes non-negotiable price increases with exceptions, right, so we're gonna make exceptions for particularly bad situations, and there are negotiable price increases. So non-negotiable price increases that, that are broad base, So they're going to be small. There's going to be, everybody's going to get one. Think Netflix is sending out a note to other customers. A lot of software companies will do this. Your your clients, like SaaS companies, right. where you're paying per seat and they're doing a small increase per seat. We'll just send it out. Marketing builds the the... You know, the, the, the script and they, the letters and they send it out. And then the salespeople and the account managers and the customer success team, you're basically taking things inbound. Boom, you get hit with them. You've got to defend that price increase. So getting prepared means that you need to understand the basis for the price increase and you need to be able to take the inbound call, listen to the person, deal with it, and give them the reasoning behind it because your job is to defend the price increase. And my suggestion in those situations is learn how to do that in person. We uh, we did a quick quick study with one of our clients where one group of people only, only responded via email until they had to get on the phone. The other group never responded with email, always went in by phone. Like if the customer would send them an email, I'm not paying this, you sorry son of a guns. Right. And they would pick up the phone and call them. The people who picked up the phone and had conversations with people held ninety-six percent of the price increases. The people that responded via email, like that was their primary way of doing things, were a little bit less than seventy percent and holding those price increases. So, you you got to prepare your you know the way that you're going to have a conversation with them in your messaging. Well, let's, um,
2: let's dig into a point here though. Is so add the third option in
1: actual in person. Uh, yeah. If, yeah. If you're, a, if you're a field leader. sales rep, yeah, if you're a field yeah. sales rep and these, these were, this, this was an inside team, but if yeah. you're a field sales rep, you go there, right? Just go there and get in front of them and go out, set up a meeting and sit down and say, you know, and it, there's messaging and there's frameworks for that, but you're going to walk through the, the process with them. So my reps that I was talking about who have a, you know, there's a deadline and they can move their service anywhere because there's so much demand. That's right. all in person. Right.
2: Yeah. I think that I would. Make the argument, even with some inside sales teams, when it comes to renewals with big price increases, you gotta go be in person with with with
1: your biggest customers. Absolutely. So that brings me to my, you know, the third way that you want to get prepared, and that is, you need to understand um, the the risk profile of each of your accounts. Right. So you may have a bunch of small accounts that are spending a little bit of money with you, and you might even be okay as a business if a few of those accounts left you during the price increase. That would be okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they're they, they're costly to service and uh, and you' you're fine with that because you figure you'll net out with those the ones that stay you'll get enough price increase right. it'll still give you a net increase over the ones that leave but with your with your medium-sized accounts and your larger accounts you want to understand what's the risk of this of this account leaving you because that's going to inform how you approach them mm-hmm. so for example if I have low to medium risk but it's a negotiable price increase. In other words, right. my, the, the leadership team has said, we're going to give the salespeople the ability to negotiate the price increase. Those are most, in B2B world, those are most of the price increases that I dealt with um, across my entire career. Right. I had accounts, right. my leadership team said, you've got to get net something, uh, but you go figure out how you get it. Mm-hmm. But that, was, that was okay. And that worked really well with the right accounts. So in those cases, let's say it's low to medium risk. I'm gonna I'm gonna approach it more assumptively where I just present the price increase. So I might say something like, "Andy, we're gonna be increasing the prices on X by this much because." And then I'm gonna use some sort of a narrative because we're adding several features that our cl- all of our customers have been demanding around security, and those features are gonna go into effect this month. The price increase is gonna happen next month, and I'm gonna shut up. Mm-hmm. And most cases are going to accept the price increase. With my larger accounts um, with w- who typically have more buying power, I, I may take a different approach where I might ask for permission to implement the price increase. So that gives me an off-ramp in the event that, you know, that that, that account says, well, you know, we're leaving. And I put a million dollars at risk for that. Right. But typically that's because I've done a risk analysis, that says, or a risk profile, where I look at several factors one is alternatives so Mm -hmm. what are the alternatives that this customer has to do doing business with me and by the way along with those alternatives how much will it cost them to leave and that cost is time energy money emotion so all those things matter. Then I look at the the relationship. So what's what's the relationship status? If I'm high, deep, and wide, and I've got relationships all the way through, and those relationships are strong, the risk of them leaving me over a price increase is relatively small. Now they may negotiate, but they're not just going to pack up and walk out the door. And well, then I look at.
2: I was going to say it's just the to point you're making is that if good salesperson, a good account executive, good account manager, whatever. Yeah, that's not going to be a surprise, right? That the customer's reaction shouldn't be a surprise to you because you should have that relationship built up where you can anticipate exactly, exactly what they're coming from. Exactly.
1: So. And And then the last is my service and quality issues. So, are, is my service and quality high? Are we are we you know are we delivering what we we said we we're going to do? Are we delivering great value to them, or do we have some problems? Do we have some issues? And those, those issues could be past issues because you could be providing amazing quality and service right now and have amazing relationships, but you show mm-hmm. up for the price increase. And it's amazing, incredible how customers can instantly get amnesia about the service and quality that you're delivering and bring up something that happened 10 years ago. It's yep. sort of like having a conversation with my wife in which I'm on the other side of an argument and she brings up something that we did in high school. I've known my wife since then yeah. and says, in your face with that, you're wrong. And I usually have to suck it up and say yes. So- in, this, in a risk profile, what you want to sort of figure out, no account's perfect, is where do I stand in these accounts? Mm-hmm. Because because the biggest fear that a salesperson has, rightly so, is that I go for the price increase, I lose the account, I lose the orders. And that fear increases the bigger the account is. Yep. The truth, though, is that in a bigger account, you always have an off-ramp because you can always just fold up and say, well, I'm not going to give you the price increase. Right. But but, I, but if, if, let's say the, the, the customer has a million alternatives, like it's just a commodity and they can go anywhere they want to, and I'm not really integrated in their workflows, and they don't really know me, I don't really have much of a relationship, and my service and quality is, eh, it's all right, but, you know, it's, they've, got, they've had some delivery issues or delivery problems, you know, in those particular situations, you know, the risk is really, really high you're going to lose the account. Yep. So at that point, you may want to step back and say, what do I need to do to shore up my relationship here or fix this problem before I go in? If you've never met them before, you have no relationship. So you're at a really high risk in that moment because of the relationship. Another thing that could happen to you is let's just say I've got an account. Andy, you're, you're, you're my customer, but I had a relationship with your predecessor for 10 years. You came in four months ago. So now I've got a new relationship with you in your past company you did business with my competitor. Mm-hmm. I still have seven months left on my contract with you. So if I go in with a price increase now, say so a CPI price increase, but right. I still have time left less my contract, I'm protected there. But if I create resentment and contempt, you're just gonna get me down the road. So I'm not, I'm not gonna lose you immediately, but I'm gonna lose you. And but I but I know that my that my product has won awards inside your organization and we've solved several problems for you and I'm completely integrated. That's complexity. So, it, when I look at that as a whole, I've got to make a decision how am I going to approach this? And what's my messaging going to be? Right. So, am I going to be economic fairness? All my mm-hmm. prices have gone up, and I'm having a problem in my company paying for all this, and I'm barely making any money, and I really need help here. Or is it going to be, you know, past value, or is it going to be? present value. So I'm going to start thinking through how am I going to message this to you? But am I going to approach assumptively and confidently, Andy, the price is going up because or am I going to approach with a business case? So my largest account, I'm going to sit down just like I'm trying to close a deal. I'm mean, I'm going to give you a presentation on what we've done, where we're we from. That's what I would do in my largest national accounts. So I would walk through an account a complete right. account review and say, right. understand understand why "I understand the price increase."
2: Yeah, this is where the understanding becomes so important, yeah. right? I mean, if you're not in touch with your account
1: and you are in for a price increase, it's always going to be problems. Yeah, I mean, and, we, and in the in the book, we give people a, a, a price price. We do we we call it a nine box, but it's a, a, a it's a risk profile analysis right. tool. Just and it's really simple, but it just allows you to very quickly get a visual of your account. Not to say that an account this is a high risk that you wouldn't approach them with a price increase. Just to say, the way you set things up, right? The way you set the stage, the way you prepare for it, and the way that you approach your customer, is going to be different in those situations than in a low-risk account. And knowing yeah. where you stand is going to help you focus your time and attention on the, you know, on the on those accounts and and invest the time to get that price increase from those accounts, which will help you solve your profit problems and grow your account to some some extent. Yeah.
2: Right, so there's a a role here though for senior management in planning for price increases in terms of how they roll it out. And yeah, you know, if you're coming in and saying, "Hey, in November," and let's say, you know, theoretically, all your customers all renew January, right? It's like hey, that's a real problem. Yeah. So you have to do your salespeople. You know, put them, give them at least some advantage and. To like the guy you talked about that you know came to you and said, "Look, it's it's May or March, and man, I think in six months we're gonna have a price increase."
1: You know, it's funny you say that because one of the one of the studies on price increase, on price increases, and I, I can't tell you exactly what the source is in the book, but I can't tell you the exact source. It may have been Harvard Business Review, but the they it was a survey of of leaders, executives. Mm-hmm. On how they felt about their sales team's ability to get a price increase. And only 70, I mean, less than 76%. I think, excuse me, let me say that a different way. 76% of those executives were not confident, it's probably mm-hmm. better way of saying it, that their sales team could could effectively execute a price increase campaign. But 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 if but what you said matters because if you read between the lines, it's not necessarily the salespeople. Now the salespeople right. don't typically get trained. I mean, if you think about it. No. I went through a lot of sales training. Nobody ever said, here's how you get a price increase. Never. They just said, go get one. And then I panicked. But so I'm changing that to some extent. But the, but the other problem is, is that the leadership team, they don't set their salespeople up for, fail, for, for success because they don't want a price increase anyway. And they don't take the time. Let's go through the messaging. Mm-hmm. They hand it off to some somebody in marketing, and there's nothing wrong with people in marketing. But marketing people, God bless you, you've never been in a sell situation. You've never stood in front of a customer, had to message something. So the marketing comes up with some contrived stuff, probably fully of euphemisms, right? It's not a price increase; it's a price adjustment. Like so, I fell off the boat yesterday, and that's going to work with me. Right. So. You know, so you they give the salespeople some stupid messaging and it doesn't really work versus sitting down with your salespeople and walking through the process and saying, here's when it's going to be, setting goals and targets, putting this as a part of your one to ones with your salespeople so that there's some accountability on where they are in approaching their customers. When salespeople show or demonstrate trepidation, like they're afraid to get in there, then you're going to sit back and coach them and you're going to maybe even go out with them and show them how it's done. Practicing the messaging, practicing objections, making sure your people know exactly what to do, whether it's a small account where they're defending, whether it's a large account. And and when you're going into your largest customers, and you should be because there's a lot of money in your largest customers. Yep. You're murder boarding the process with your salespeople. So you're preparing them for all the eventualities, all the pushback, everything that could happen so that they're prepared to go in and sell the price increase and make no mistake. That's what they're doing in those larger accounts. They're Mm -hmm. walking through the door and closing those deals. And when they're defending them, when they're getting the phone call, they're selling the customer into not leaving and paying the, paying the higher rate. So if you don't prepare them to do that, you got a problem. And so, Everything else in sales, at least in the clients that I work with, is a process. We teach sales process, we teach prospecting process, we teach process for messaging, we teach process for dealing with objections. So you got to have the same process with a price increase. And I'd argue that because the price increase has such an, an immediate and powerful impact on the bottom line, it is the most profitable thing that you can do as an organization. Getting that right is gonna drive value for your shareholders and for your stakeholders and for all the people in the organization faster than anything that you can do to go out and sell something new. That is not to say that you shouldn't sell stuff new because you need to bring in new customers, right? But once you get those customers in, in order to really get drop through, you gotta raise the prices at some point and optimize those prices.
2: Yeah, I mean, if you're looking to say, look, we gotta grow revenue 10% this year, and if you could get three to 4% of that on a price increase, that's a lot easier than a lot of net new business at 3% to
1: 4%. And that 3 to 4%, each one of those points is 11% on the bottom line. Yeah, That's a big deal.
2: Yeah. So, last point I wanted to cover was, uh, sort of along the lines of what we were just talking about in terms of preparing the sellers, is, and you, you talk about one of the things that I think is hugely important, too, is visualization, right? <laughs> is, as a seller, I mean, for every call, certainly every call of substance, you should be doing a mental walkthrough of what you think is going to happen and the questions you're going to ask the questions you're going to get well how you're going to answer how they're going to answer how you're going to you know your follow-up questions so tell us about this in the context of price increase
1: well if you think about like the probably the best example is just you know athletes so crazy athlete i was talking to she was a twirler now I know that sounds crazy to be an athlete, but I've watched, you know, people do this, but you know, they're, they're on a football field and they're yeah. throwing a baton way up From, in the air. Yeah. And yeah, if at yeah, yeah. the college, the collegiate level, I mean, they're really throwing them way up in the air and right. they got to catch them. Right. And there's like 80,000 people watching you. In so, so, right. So you're thinking, don't drop the thing. If I right. drop it, it's yeah. embarrassing. So she was talking to me about this, the process of uh, of getting yourself prepared to do that. She said when she, f- she first started doing that in practice, she'd be perfect. Right. And then she would get into competitions, get on the football field, and she would drop the baton. So she started working with a visualization coach. And the visualization coach, basically at the, the basic essential level, said you got to change the message that you're sending yourself. You're visualizing yourself not dropping the baton. You're telling yourself don't drop the baton. Right. Rather than focusing on catching the baton, you know, so visualizing yourself catching, visualize yourself being in a situation where um, everything is perfect. Right. And the same thing translates from athletics into sales. I believe that sales professionals are the elite athletes of the business world, right. and you said this perfectly. Everything you go into, every situation you go in, every conversation, everything, you want to get ahead in advance and get yourself ready. I mean, I used to sit in my car and look in the mirror and like, you know, tell myself how great I was before I would walk in. Um, It was a little disturbing for the people that were parked next to me, but it was a good conversation. And I think that with a price increase in particular, because it's something that we know is going to create conflict there, it's even even in the mildest situations where the customer says, all right. All right. okay," you didn't get validation in that moment. I love you. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be conflict. So what happens is if you visualize the conflict, like if you think about all the bad things that are going to happen, you can in some extent, some cases actually start triggering fight or flight. Mm-hmm. And, and, and intriguing that response, like the, the account executive who was terse and mean to me, like as she was giving me the price increase, she was in fight mode. She was already ready for what was coming or flight mode. You're just insecure and passive and weak or right. a procrastinator. So you create that by, by what you're visualizing versus. Going through the process of delivering your message, thinking about how you're going to go and deal with the customer. My favorite way of of as as a leader of getting my people to visualize and and to and to be prepared for all of the eventualities is murder boarding. In other words, mm-hmm. we go in with a price increase. We come up with every potential thing that could happen, right. and then we practice and we deal with that. Right. But the big thing is is telling yourself and like and keep telling yourself that you've got this focus on your confidence, focus on not arrogance, confidence, right? Because when I'm presenting a price increase or defending a price increase, relaxed, assertive confidence Mm -hmm. is the most powerful emotional foundation. And if you visualize yourself being confident and going Mm -hmm. through the process and, and you've done the homework on the risk profile, you understand that people don't want to leave you. Your your clients have a, have a strong status quo bias. They don't want to go. Right. Because it's it's it takes effort. It's it's painful. Having that visualization visualization and knowing that walking through the door gives you the confidence that you need to stand there in front of your customer and have that difficult, crucial conversation and walk out with the price increase without losing the customer or the orders. Right. And I'm not saying that's easy. It's it's, you know, human beings, we just don't like conflict. But if you if you're I just, insecurity is probably the worst, your worst enemy in this situation. But if you walk in with insecurity or defensiveness, the problem for you in that moment is your customer now doesn't believe you. Like they, 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 they think you're equivocating. They, they think that, um, you know, there's a way out. And so they start peppering you with objections or they begin negotiating with you and you start losing points in the process. And it's really painful for you. You walk out and say, I don't want to ever, ever do that again because you feel like a total loser when you get on the street or you get off the phone. And I've been there and done that. I got the tattoos and the t-shirt. I don't like feeling that way. So, preparing yourself and getting ready is the very best medicine for all of that and giving you the confidence that you need to sell the price increase. Perfect. All right. Well, we'll end with that. Jeb. Great. Uh, People want to find out more about the book? Well, the best way to find out more about the book is just go to Amazon or Barnes & Noble or wherever you buy books and go buy it. Uh, um, I'm really proud of this book. It's you know, I've written a lot of books. This book is the deepest dive on a single subject I've ever done. So, you know, it's, when I say it's the most comprehensive book ever written on price increases for B2B salespeople, that's absolutely the truth it because it's the only one that's ever been written. It's the only one in the genre. Right. So, um, so, just go to Amazon. Go buy it. You can find me. Type my name in. My last name is B L O U N T. So if you type that in, you'll find me, Jeb Blunt, and uh, and you can find all about me. But just go to Amazon. Go to Barnes and Noble. Go to Books a Million. Go to CEO eight hundred CEO. Read and go get the book. And if you're a smart manager, go get it for your whole team. Perfect. All right, Jeb. Thank you. Pleasure, thank you, always. Andy. It's good to be back. Thanks for having huh. me on to talk about this. Book. Uh, you, you,
2: yeah, you may be the number one guest in terms of number of appearances. So I have to—I didn't count before, but this could be. You keep writing books; you'll definitely be in the lead. So very good. Uh. <laughs> thank you, sir. Thanks, Jeff. Okay, friends, that's it for this episode. First of all, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen. As always, I'm so grateful for your support of the show, and I want to thank my guest, my friend Jeb Blunt, for sharing his insights with us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to this podcast, Sales Enablement with Andy Paul on iTunes, Spotify, or every listener podcast. And as always, thank you so much for investing your time with me today. Until next time, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone.